Everyone, welcome to another edition of VC Wisdom Podcast. Today with us, we have Antonio Corino. <laughs> I, I was looking at your name in LinkedIn and was saying Anton, Antonio C. I was like, oh, what? I, I need to remember his name. Antonio Cacorino, he's the CEO and founder of Apex Capital, uh, which is a, a VC fund. Uh, he's in Portugal. Interesting guy. We had a nice uh, pre-podcast conversation about Andrian's and athleticism and his firm happens to do somewhat of that uh, Antonio can you tell us a bit more about Apex tell us about what you guys do at uh, at this beautiful VC fund uh, thanks thanks Charles uh, thanks you know, for, for the invitation uh, it's a it's a pleasure to really share what what we are doing you know so so basically we are a sports media entertainment investor okay uh, our first vertical you know and really our first uh, Milestone is really this uh, VC investing. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so we, you know, at the core of what we do is definitely a, a very strong network of elite athletes. Okay. Um, you know, we work with close to 70 athletes across different sports, uh, really uh, motorsports. So we have worked with a lot of F1 guys, Formula E drivers, uh, NASCAR, IndyCar, uh, football, so soccer in this case, so we're European, predominantly European-based for now. Mm -hmm. uh, surfing, tennis, golf, but uh, but really, it's really about getting our athletes uh, and pushing forward on the athlete entrepreneur movement. So it's a bit about our athletes being active investors in in the deals we do, bringing everything an athlete can bring to 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 the table. From of course, never forgetting the capital, but their brand, their network, their industry insights, and really their expertise in the space, and you know that the strategic value that comes with that. And this is why we focus in sports and media entertainment. Um, you know, also why we got into VC to start is really where, you know, we believed it was a logical first step. You know, the earlier the involvement in the company, the more the, the more strategical value we and our assets combined can have. Uh, so yeah, we've been operating on a deal by deal basis. We really, mm -hmm. we really wanted to showcase this, uh, this uh, movement uh, and prove you know the, that athletes have appetite to invest early stage and risking and getting involved and at the same time that companies wanted uh, especially companies in the sports and media space that they wanted athletes you know part of their capital uh, their cap tables and, and really you know helping them them grow and, and thrive and it, this has been going very very well we've done uh, 11 deals in uh, a little bit over uh, 18 months Wow. We we've uh, you know we're like I said working with close to seventy athletes and now we are ready to move into our first. So you know in the few weeks we're going to get our first fund approved and we're going to be fundraising really to to grow the operation but also to to also operationalize better what we do. At the end of the day, when you work with such high level of athletes, mm -hmm. timing sometimes is tough and you know the best deals you have few days sometimes a few weeks to execute. Yeah, and uh, you know if you're in back to back Formula One Grand Prix or in, you're in Champions League, uh, you know, busy times. It's hard to mm. get you guys' attention, and we don't just have their capital; we have them, their involvement. So, uh, so you know, having these guys into a fund, but still keeping them active, is going to be a challenge. But this is what you know; it's the logical next step, and this is where we are. So, do these athletes only invest, you know, their time, energy, and brand uh, in the fund? They don't have to put money down in a, a promising business. They they just have to do uh, advertising and being, you know, their, their the face of the company. Is that the, the type of deal? No, no, not at all. Uh, so, the invest capital is for us fundamental. Okay. Um, 
and when we and and actually everything which comes about them being the face of the deal is, is just a plus we're not commercial agents Got it. so we don't do that we, we are completely against that if, if it comes it has to come organically and it's proactively from the athlete side but we are investors athletes bring capital we have a lot of assets bringing a lot of strategical value into companies and being silent investors so you know just really connecting you know the people in, in the space right you know a company a sports tech a company that needs you know uh to meet sponsors to need uh rights holders to meet clubs or federations who, who better than an athlete to connect them to right so this is what they do and uh, and uh, and yes yeah, so the strategical value is much more than just uh you know being the face or the brand of course that is important they understand that they're brands so of course they eventually end up doing that that's something that comes on top and at the end of the day is about you know being an investor like any other investor bringing in capital and and strategic relevance but i mean if i have uh, roger Fer- so let's take an example okay the the cloud shoes um that founded by a swiss guy i think yeah it's called cloud uh, the the startup and they're very nice shoes technology is base- basically a uh, rubber under with like holes i'm not sure if you know yeah, what i refer I know, to no. the, the I know guy, well. we, yeah, yeah. We, we know very well the uh, No, we know we know even investors at back yeah we know former former iron man beast of a guy and uh he had I, I, and that was so surprising to me he had roger federer coming to him like magic and telling him look i want to sponsor a brand you know and if i would have received that phone call I'd be like ah the, okay <laughs> is that serious or is it a prank call um and yeah i mean roger uh, became you know the, the face of i mean i think he invested too But to me, sometimes to accept, you know, these uh, these faces in the company can literally make or break a company. For example, Floyd Mayweather that was um, backing a bunch of shit coins. Um, I mean, it's not the best example, but if I had like Floyd you know, with a legit uh, coin that I would have, this would literally change my company. A bunch of people would invest in, in these, same with the Bordet uh, NFTs, you know, with Bieber investing and, and Floyd and all of these celebrities. So I'm still surprised that they have to put um, some money down. Is there, is there some cases where they don't have to put any uh, money down or that, you know, they can get like a free, free percentage of the cap table? Well, that that is possible, but this is something. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, when you believe you are in that front line of the best deals, what athletes get because of who they are is access to the deal. So straight away, you know, uh, that is out of question. The deals are that good that even you know top names like you know, just saying, let's give the example of Floyd. Even those guys need to put capital. So what? Okay. What Floyd gets is because of who he is, he has access to the deal. This is the okay. type of deal that we believe we reach. You know, we've mm-hmm. done recently a deal with you know the biggest names in the sports and everyone invested capital. And for us, but even if it was the case, let's call it of a company that would be willing, we mm-hmm. always push for capital investing because the moment there's real skin in the game, even if they associate their brand, if there's no money, the mindset is different. True, true. And we need these 100%. guys to have that mindset. It's something that we push. Uh, so this sort of uh, sponsorship for equity, budget for equity, it can be a plus. So we can negotiate some sort of hybrid solution, but there always has to be capital invested. 
Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, it's accountability for sure. So I, I understand that aspect of it. Um, let's, uh, if, if we take a, a couple of, um, of recent examples of athletes, like, um, you know, uh, Kobe Bryant was very good at, at that. He started uh, his own fund, I believe. Uh, Jake Paul has uh, started his, his fund with, um, mm -hmm. with the, the founder of a, a new tropic company that uh, Jeffrey Wu is his name. And this is kind of cool. They're, they're fun. Um, the need, I guess, for athletes is to diversify their assets because they know that they're not going to last forever. They're, they're like sports career and their big, huge uh, yearly salaries. So is, is that like the, the trend that we're seeing? And is there a difference between like, what kind of roster are you looking for? Are you looking for top, top athletes? Uh, because these guys, uh, I, I guess, have like more money and more power and more, you know, social capital. What type of athletes are, are you looking for in your, your VC? Okay, so when your first question regarding uh, what's the, the trend or what's the reason, I think yeah. it's a bit of everything. Of course, the logical approach or the logical understanding that they need to diversify and need to invest because eventually it'll stop. That is you know, obvious and that is, but that, that is a bit the pitch that you know, a private banker or wealth manager gives to these guys. Our, our approach is completely different. It's more about just them understanding the power of their brand and like leveraging that into investing and you know, being, having appetite for, for, you know, for being entrepreneurs or investors. And just yeah. that can be either part of their life sort of while they're having the career and mm -hmm. potentially their post-career, you know, let's call it activity. Mm -hmm. So it's more this type of athlete that we want. And this yeah. nails down very well with your second question is what type of athlete? Of course, the tier one athletes are interesting because of the bigger brand. But at the same time, what we really, really want is those guys who have this, you know, entrepreneurial mindset and who want to get involved. You know, we don't have, you know, we work with a lot of, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily the biggest names. We work with the big names as well, of course, but we work with guys who just have the, the, that appetite. And sometimes these are the ideal investors in many ways because they don't have the ego problem of, you know, grabbing their phone and calling, making connections, bringing other athletes involved. So these guys sometimes are, you know, more, a bit more hustlers and, you know, and become more strategic or, or more powerful investors, but they also balance super well with the other guys, which are also active, but, you know, sometimes because they're that big that they're a bit, you know, they're used to getting phone calls, they're not making phone calls. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough, so sometimes barrier to, to break, even though it comes with time. And, uh, you know, we, we, I see great cases of huge names getting involved. I mean, like in the U.S., right? This athlete entrepreneur movement in the U.S. has been happening for a long time. Yeah. We believe to be leaders in Europe and, you know, and what we always tell, you know, our big European guys is like, look at the U.S., look at how these guys are, are doing it. You know, Kobe uh, did it. Um, Kevin Durant does it a lot. Uh, you know, uh, the impressive example, like uh, if you UFC is like to me is the most fascinating uh, organization in the world. And if you look at their athletes and and how they manage their career, and if you look at like young um, up and comers like uh, um, Sugar Show uh, Sean um, O'Malley, uh, he he has someone following him, you know, twenty four seven managing his TikTok and Instagram and and all of that. And this guy knows his shit, you know he. Even if he breaks something, he'll have something for tomorrow. Um, either uh, a career and uh, commenting fights, you know, or his own channel, you know, and, and athletes mm -hmm. they're diversifying their uh, channels like that. And younger generations are way more more tech savvy. Uh, matter of fact, so they, they already know these things. I think like older generations have a, a bit more of a problem managing their their own um, digital self. One could say. No, no, one hundred percent. And uh, and you know, and right now one of the 
why as well it's been a great moment for us is because right now you know rights holders clubs leagues federations they're they're trying you know they're, they're figuring out how they're going to reach the gen z right and you know at the end of the day you know sports assets media assets it's all about the consumer the fan and uh, and more and more uh, you know sports fans stopped following necessarily clubs or or, or movement. they're following athletes you know yeah. why is formula one so big now because you know Liberty created the Netflix show, and the Netflix show exactly. gave gave lights to the athletes. Yeah. So you know, fans started to follow, and you know, and, and specifically like this specific driver or this one, and then they go into Formula One. So the Correct. power of the athlete, so the athlete is the, is a tool that these clubs, uh, you know, and the federation rights holders need to have on their side, so they can optimize, you know, the the fan engagement. So and it's all about fan engagement. Everyone's talking about fan engagement. Really, believe really, athlete is the centerpiece in sports. So it's great moments for us, you know, because we have the athletes and uh, the athletes are understanding their power. So, you know, more and more, uh, especially on a, on a uh, venture level, uh, athletes are, are, are becoming uh, super, super important investors. Mm, and I think they still need some support, right? Because you were alluding to recently that uh, they go with the pool strategy. I was listening to Mike Tyson's podcast, which is a very good podcast, by the way. And he was uh, saying another and athlete basically that yeah everything comes to him but yeah sure when you're Mike Tyson yes but um and also even when you're Mike Tyson you still want to be hustling you know you still want to be creating deals and going after the things that you want and not necessarily have uh, everyone come to you sure if someone comes to you it's easier to convince them right but you still need to fetch these opportunities and stay savvy with the market which leads to my next question um how business savvy are are most um athletes because they've got a bunch of characteristics that can serve them well right they, they they know how to work hard they know how to be intense push uh destroy things sometimes and uh they, they have great energy they're healthy their brain is usually healthy too except if they've been hit in the head many times but even tyson you know is surprisingly um uh, has, has a lot of wisdom in him so what are, are, are there trades that might be serving them in business and what are the other trades that might not be serving them in business? Um, good question. And I think, you know, the, look, the way you look at it is the right approach. I mean, athlete, anyone who's top at, at what they do in, in, in life has to have something different, right? Be it, you know, of course, talent, but normally talent, especially these days in sports, is just not enough. So these guys on the mindset level all have to have something different. Mentality, focus, endurance persistence whatever it is they all have some mm. so it's just a question of, of you know breaking the you know uh the, the, the stereotype about around them and, and really you know being open to 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 listen the ego. To so so it's all about uh you know like everything in your life you have different type of assets mm -hmm. the better surrounded they are the better they can really also you know bring the, what they have into you but normally you know once they they break the stereotype or whether they're just not afraid of being then again these guys are so focused sometimes about what they do that they, they're just very comfortable there and they get out of comfort you know anything different yeah. so that can be a block into many of these guys to understand their true potential as investors understanding the potential of any business but the guys that get around that they are top you know they're sharp they're to the point they understand you know they're part of the industry we invest in sports and media so they understand you know straight away you know, we can look, sometimes athletes are great, you know, in due diligence for us. So, you know, there's a sport, you know, a sports tech company trying to solve a problem in the industry, let's call it. Sure. You know, they can straight away see if that problem truly exists, because you can say there's a problem, but, you know, does it truly exist? They will also understand, does, is there still political barriers that will actually 
allow the solution to solve this problem, you know, so they can see that. And the moment they, they're cleared about these you know, barriers, they, they are super smart. Investors. So in general, they are very, very, uh, you know, guys with different set of capabilities. This is where, why they are where they are. It's just about, you know, what type of, you know, personalities they have, what type of structure they have around them. And sometimes it can be very good, sometimes it can be very bad. 100%, very insightful. So ego, uh, who they surround themselves with. And the third point, which leads to my next question is, sometimes they surround themselves with yeah unhealthy folks. And um, even without surrounding themselves with unhealthy folks, sometimes they're, they're part of unhealthy organizations, such as uh, FIFA, which had their bouts with a, a bunch of things. But uh, FIFA might sign them on a very uh, obstructive contracts uh, you cannot do this you cannot do that you need or even toxic brands you know like hey if you're doing this then you need to feature us and so forth you get into hurdles sometimes with athletes that have uh, restrictive contracts and they cannot do shit with you and that makes you like kind of angry and uh, unproductive in the process yeah you know these guys are all you know it's normal they're surrounded with sponsorships you know so then their teams there's normal blocks, you know, especially if they're going to be associating themselves publicly with it. And what happens is many ways they think it's a block and we tell them no, because you being strategical doesn't mean like putting your face. You can be strategical. You can be a silent investor. You can be opening doors. Of course, just the initial restriction that you cannot be, you know, publicly associated with this company. Of course, it gives them some sort of fear. And we've had, you know, block that's normal. It's part of who they are, but uh, so, so sometimes it's a block. Sometimes we find a way around it by them being sound investors. Sometimes, you know, uh, you know, they understand that actually those, you know, if you're a sponsor and you're going to sponsor, you know, uh, you know, your Red Bull, you're sponsoring a, you know, a driver, a football player, whatever. If they're going to ask you, can I do this? She's going to say no, right? Because, you know, I prefer not to risk. If I, if you're asking me, I'll tell you not to do this. But at the end of the day, if you go down to the legal contracts and if you understand really the, the implications, there are solutions. Sometimes guys, some athletes don't want to go into the, the problems or just, uh, you know, uh, prefer not to dig deeper. It, once we dig deeper, we always find a solution. So yes, we've encountered some uh, some blocks along the way, but in general, uh, the movement is, is, is stronger and uh, these blocks are becoming less and less. And like in the US, one thing is investing, another thing is business, another thing is, you know, your sports career and your sponsorship. There's an obvious clash, there's an obvious clash. If my team is sponsored by... Uh, you know, a big, uh, you know, uh, energy drink. I cannot invest in the competition while I'm the star. That's an obvious one. Mm. We don't even, but, but yeah, that, that's, that's it. You have a meeting coming up, right? Yeah, I have a meeting, <laughs> unfortunately, coming up. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, well, we'd love to, to continue this conversation, if, you know. Sure. Uh, Let's do round two, man. We need to speak about Web3 and uh, exactly. all of these things which are also under my umbrella. So uh, just in case we do that uh, round two uh, a bit later, where can people find out more about you? So right now, we, we you know, of course, our website, our LinkedIn page, uh, there's some interesting news around there. There's going to be some great uh, things coming out about some specific deals about us. But, you know, right now, the obvious one is, you know, our website www.apex4.cp.com or just our LinkedIn Apex Capital. Uh, and yeah. All right. Well, that was uh, Antonio Cacorino. You can find it under that name on LinkedIn. Antonio, thank you so much. Uh, very insightful very much, interview. Charles. Very cool business you have. Let's keep touch, buddy. Thanks, man. And right. a nice chat. Bye.